Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is the Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 14. Cravings are not a willpower issue. I love that title. Mm-hmm. We nailed it on that one. We did. For the first time. Yes. That's good. We did it. So how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good, other than I have a little bit of a headache today, but otherwise I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. I'm I'm doing really well. I've had kind of some sleep issues this past week and been kind of addressing those and I got a really good sleep last night, had a great workout today and gotten outside in the sun and had one of those days of really good kind of work-life balance, mm-hmm. which I don't always nail that and I'm working on it. Yeah. But today definitely feels good and everything's different. Everything yeah. feels different. That's awesome. When that's kind of in place. And that's going to be kind of part of what we're talking about today, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm thinking think, of that, I feel like I should go out in the sun for a little bit at some point today because it's been so cold that I've yeah. been like sun avoidant in a way. Mm-hmm. Not like sun avoidant, sure. but weather avoidant. Yeah. So. yeah. I recently replaced my happy light mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's like 10,000 lux and mm-hmm. it replicates, you know, the light from the sun. And I had one in Alaska and it made such a huge difference with depression and seasonal affective disorder, but mm-hmm. I just hadn't replaced it thinking being in the Midwest, I wouldn't really need it, but it seems to really make a difference for me, hmm. you know, just like 20 minutes a day. Yeah sitting with that. So if anybody, you know, has those issues, they're not expensive. You know, the one that I have, I think is, I don't know, around a hundred dollars and gosh, it's a game changer. When you think about, you know, the effects of depression and not having good energy or brain function, holy mackerel, a hundred dollars is a small price to pay. Right. And that's, I mean, that's something that lasts a while too. Right. And so if you're going to Starbucks to get coffee (laughs) to keep your energy levels up, then Mm -hmm. you definitely can afford to. Jenny's laughing because she's staring at her Starbucks cup right now. So yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No. And you know, the other thing too is the fact that, you know, I haven't been as diligent with that light the past few days and, you know, my sleep gets off. You know, mm-hmm. we need good sunlight during the day to tell our brain it's daytime and, you know, have cortisol be higher during the day, which will allow melatonin to rise at night and be able to get into a good restful sleep. And I just got sloppy with mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, it's know. easy to do, but I think, yeah, once you start to struggle in those areas, you'll start to, I think, you know, bringing yourself back to center mm-hmm. is always helpful in different ways. And so I'm definitely picking up on your cues and I'm yeah. thinking about doing some more you know, centering myself. You know, I feel like all of us need to have like a cheat sheet of tools that we post somewhere, like on the inside of a pantry cupboard or something, <laughs> because I will, you know, develop these great strategies and then they just fall away. Mm-hmm. It's like what, you know, whether that's journaling or walking every day or meal prep or, you know, making sure you have a snack with you when you go in the car. It's funny how, gosh, I was doing that for a while and it was great. And I don't know what happened. Right. And it's like, we just have to kind of have this little workbook about yeah. what works for us. Or like you a, know? a checklist. Hey, are you feeling a little off today? Like, yeah. have you done this? Have you mm, tried this? That's Versus, good. you know, 
going, because I think it's easy to gravitate towards, am I depressed or do I need an antidepressant or mm-hmm. is there something where I need to go get a pill or, of mm-hmm. some sort? And then to realize, okay, I need to make sure that I've really... You know, Met my addressed, basic needs. Yeah, addressed all these different things that I know about myself. Like for me, I'm a person who's sensitive to sunlight. And mm-hmm. so if I don't get enough, I'm not as happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. as I yeah. normally am. Right. So, yeah. So I know that yeah. about myself. And so I'm like, if I'm feeling a little blue, I should probably get outside before I'm like, am I depressed? Is something mm-hmm. wrong with me? You know? Yeah. No, I think, and that's a big theme of what we're talking about today is I think that when we have these you know, whether it's physical or emotional issues, I think our immediate default is to make it a character issue. Yes. That this means something about my weakness. Mm-hmm. Or who I am or something who I am. broken with yes. me. Or... Yes, yeah. exactly. Instead of, again, being kind of curious and scientific and strategic and say, oh, I sort of let this fall away. Mm-hmm. You know, I know exercise you know, increases my endorphins and makes me feel better. I sort of forgot about that. I let that, you know, other people's needs or getting busy at work or whatever it is, or maybe there's a crisis in your life or something like that. And it's easy for things to just, you know, fall to the bottom of the list, which means not at all. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yes. It's easy, especially, especially during those life crises. Yeah, Yeah. A lot of the people I've talked to that have you know, they, they know exercise has been this really healthy, good thing in their life. And then they'll talk about, you know, well, this thing happened or my mom passed away. And after that, you know, I just totally got mm-hmm. out of the groove of things. And yeah. it took them, you know, sometimes exactly. it takes them like years to get back mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that is the power of habit mm-hmm. of, you know, in the beginning when you do bring something new on board, whether it's meal prep, whether it's exercise, whether it's going to bed on time, being really consistent about it for a while, even though it might feel kind of like drudgery, Mm -hmm. you know, being really consistent, gosh, then it just becomes what you do. And it makes it a lot easier to hold on to those when life happens. Yes. And going back to our previous episode, Mm -hmm. episode 13, where Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, how to really make those habits kind of, you know, attaching them to your core self and your values and everything else helps those become a part of who Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. versus just a thing you do until life gets hard. Yes, exactly. I know, you know, the past couple of years, there have been just you know, a variety of family crises. And I was so grateful in the midst of those that I had some of these pieces kind of on lockdown. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to effort my way, you know, and did making sure I'm eating good food. It didn't seem indulgent or like an extra thing. Mm -hmm. It was just, I knew that this was going to allow me to, you know, be helpful and show up. So, so I I know it sounds like we're getting off track with the topic for today, but I mean, it kind of sets the stage. It all ties together. Yeah. All of these are relevant for why we might potentially have cravings, right? It's not just, Hey, are we feeling, you know, crummy? And usually Mm -hmm. when we're feeling crummy, that, that often we're, we're going to have cravings when we're not feeling the greatest in Mm -hmm. our lives, whether that's, you know, not feeling connection, not feeling happy, not feeling, um, excited. I mean, I've heard people say, you know, I feel bored, Mm -hmm. a lot of those kinds of words. And so we want to talk about some of those physical and biological triggers of cravings first, and then Mm -hmm. go into some of the psychological underpinnings of cravings as well. Yeah. So one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording is, you know, I run a a paleo support group on Facebook and, you know, there are thousands of people in there and at least two thirds of the people, when they answer the questions to join the group, say that cravings are a huge issue for them. So, you know, we know, and from the work that we do with clients, we know that this is something that people feel really disempowered about. Yes. They feel very out of control when cravings pop up, right? That's, that's really the issue. You know, cravings for people represent this, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's this out of control feeling. Right. And I, you know, so we kind of have to set the stage there. And it's, it is important to understand that there are, you know, kind of two different categories of triggers for cravings. And I think we can forget about the biological triggers and holy mackerel. I know we've talked about this in some of our other 
podcast, right? Yeah, I think yeah, we, the real food definitely talked about parts of this, um, but it, just to specifically get into it and yeah. you know talk about the relevance that we hear in our clients. You know, for me, it comes out more with my binge eating mm-hmm. clients, but also in the fears of my clients who restrict, who think if I have one cookie, I'm going to have 200, mm-hmm. you know, and that sort of thinking. And Absolutely. I think, you know, so covering this and helping them understand, okay, this is the physical part. Cause sometimes my, um, more restrictive clients will use the physical part as a reason not to eat these foods ever. And I okay. want to be clear that that's not, Oh, that's good. That's not part of it either. That's um, good. That's but, really good. But that, you know, but also to pay homage that, you know, if you are struggling with more of the binge eating and you find yourself, um, eating a lot of food that is abnormal in the amount mm-hmm. and often that there are some physical reasons to this too. And mm-hmm. we know yeah. that there's ways that you can either set yourself up for failure unintentionally mm-hmm. from a physiological perspective. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's another tool in your toolbox to know yes. about this. It's a potential buffer. I mean, again, our whole vibe is how to make things easier and yes. how to help pe- help all of us feel more peaceful. Right. And you know, that's, so that's what we're offering. So this is a tool. These are just some considerations. It's not a, you know, hard and fast rules to add to your endless scroll of rules list, right? That's not what this is about. So, so one of the, you know, primary triggers of cravings is blood sugar imbalance. And I know we've hit on this in probably just about every podcast, but you know, when our blood sugar is out of whack, when we're starting our day off with carbs and sugar, we're off on that blood sugar roller coaster and you're going to be managing that all day long, mm-hmm. right? Because our brain really wants to keep within a very narrow window of blood sugar. And when when it goes high, it's invariably going to go very low, mm-hmm. below normal. When our blood sugar goes below normal, that is literally an emergency, according to our brain. Mm-hmm. And those are the moments when those cravings feel 100% out of your control, Right. I mean, you don't feel like, oh gosh, I'll just wait this out. Yeah. Right. That feels like a literal emergency. So, you know, how how do you set yourself up to prevent that? You start your day off with a really balanced meal with protein and healthy fat. And, you know, if you're at this level, having some vegetables at breakfast, whether it's in a smoothie or, you know, by themselves, that fiber mm-hmm. really slows gastric emptying and can help keep energy stable throughout your day from one meal to the next. Yeah. And so how do you know, like, how do you know if you're doing this right? Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to experiment. So say you have a couple of eggs and some bacon and, you know, maybe you have a piece of toast with it, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that was too many carbs because you're, you know, by 10 a.m., you're starting to have cravings, right? So maybe you tinker with that. You leave the toast off. Maybe you have some berries Mm -hmm. instead. And then you find, oh my gosh, I got to lunchtime and yeah, I was ready for some food, but I didn't feel, you know, like my energy had crashed or that I was like dying to go to Starbucks. Right. That's how you tell and that's how you tinker. But, you know, it's important to make sure that you're eating enough. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, and that's, uh, that's the next point that I think that I see in a lot of people that I work with is, mm-hmm. is the fact that they tend, tend to not eat enough. You know, they may start out the day with, you know, eating a bowl of cereal and that's maybe the standard American breakfast, sure, but sure. it's not actually enough to really fuel us. And it has no variety. Like you were saying, there was no proteins, there's no healthy fats, there's no vegetables. It's like, you, you know, we're only feeding ourselves one very limited thing instead of eating a bunch of different foods mm-hmm. and varieties and colors. Right. Um, and yeah, the, and that's like 200 calories. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? there's that, but you know, just simply not, I mean, again, they're not feeding themselves not enough, especially like what I'll see if somebody's engaged in a binge the day before they've eaten a lot of food. Right. They're punishing themselves. They're, they're kind of punishing yeah. themselves the next day thinking, Oh, if I restrict or if I don't eat enough, that's going to make up for sure. the binge or whatever that I went on the day before. But really what happens is it sets up this really nasty cycle 
where they just set themselves up to binge physiologically as well. Like, Mm -hmm. despite what's going on emotionally for them, they're physiologically setting themselves up to binge again. Right. So, again, this is where you have to be the scientist in your own life. You Mm -hmm. have to say, so this this doesn't cover binging, but just talking about kind of normal cravings. Normal cravings. You know, you want to adjust that first meal of the day so that you feel just satisfied and that your energy and brain function are just stable throughout the morning. And it's going to take some tinkering. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. And if, you know, start where you are and see what represents an improvement for you. If you, yeah, if you're starting out with cereal for breakfast, then maybe some steel cut oats is better. That being said, there's a lot of people that get stuck at having healthy whole grains for breakfast. And it's, really some of the same issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I would really encourage people to experiment with really limiting grains at breakfast or eliminating them and just see, you know, again, the goal is for you to feel peaceful and happy. Right. So, you know, this doesn't mean don't eat food that tastes good, you know, make sure it does taste good. So, so this is sort of getting into the weeds a little bit, but you know, Candida overgrowth, which is a yeast, and it's a normal part of our gut flora, but when it overgrows in our gut, that causes brain fog and massive sugar cravings. And it is epidemic in our country, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the processed food and sugar that we eat. And so, you know, that's not really something that you need to address per se, but by eating it in the way that we recommend eating whole food, a variety of balanced meals, you're going to really get that back into balance mm-hmm. and and limit those cravings. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I really love, I think I can't say this enough. And this is a, this is kind of a phrase that you taught me is that adding more foods, you know, and adding the like vegetable. It's mm-hmm. like, I feel like people forget that they're supposed to have like a bunch of vegetables every day. Yeah. I do too. And I notice a difference in my my week when I'm like either when I've set myself up to have a bunch of vegetables in my mm-hmm. day or not. Right. And so, you know, speaking from my own experience, what I I really strive to add in as many vegetables as mm-hmm. I can because that's the first food that I will um, not eat, especially when it comes to like convenience mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you have to be strategic. Yeah. And plan ahead. And plan ahead. For and, sure. And so it's that not can going be to just happen. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, even if it's just starting there, because mm-hmm. I think that is an easy way for people to wrap their mind around things is eat more veggies. And so a couple of the ones that I really enjoy at breakfast because they're very mild and they'll kind of take on the flavor of whatever I'm eating is spaghetti squash mm-hmm. and riced cauliflower. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll make kind of a bed of one of those. And then I'll put, you know, some fried eggs and chopped a little bit of chopped up bacon, a little bit of green onions, some cilantro and good sea salt and mix that up. And it is so delicious. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it, it's not like sitting down to Brussels sprouts for breakfast. Not that I haven't <laughs> done that, but, but this is, you know, I think that we have this weird association that vegetables don't go at breakfast, but we right. have to understand that we have been taught that that breakfast food is just food. And if cultures around the world eat, you know, fried rice for breakfast and soup for breakfast and, you know, this is not abnormal. This is kind of an American thing, you know. That we don't eat, yeah, Yeah. more fruits and veggies and Mm -hmm. like just, yeah, more meats. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that we do have this kind of very carb-heavy breakfast uh, marketing thing thrown at us. For sure. Yeah. Carbs. For sure. Cheap carbs are everywhere. So you don't have to be strategic to get those in. Yeah. You have to really, I mean, our, <laughs> our modern food environment, you know, is, is tricky to work around and you have to plan for it. But I'll tell you, if you have cravings, this is a really important consideration because if you, again, if your blood sugar is all over the place, if you have candida overgrowth, if you're not eating enough, if you're not getting enough protein and fiber and healthy fat then, you know, your brain's going to be screaming for sugar and it's going to be really tricky. You know, owning the pause is going to be really hard for you. Yes. And I know this because I lived most of my life in this place with granola bars in every single pocket. (laughs) Seriously. I want a picture of that. Oh, yeah. It's really, (laughs) it was torture. I mean, it's, you know, the Mm. analogy is, say you have a wood stove and 
you know, you want to go do stuff during the day. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put some logs, some big logs in that wood stove. And that would be all of these things, protein, fiber, healthy fat. Mm-hmm. Those are going to take a long time to burn, steady and slow and keep your house just warm. And you can go about your business. You don't have to sit there in front of the fire versus eating a very carb heavy diet. It's like fueling your fire with kindling and paper. Mm-hmm. You have to sit there all day long and manage that. Mm. You know, yeah, it will work, but not well. And it's a lot more effort. Well, and I think going back to like, you know, one of the things that really stood out for me was the healthy fats being so important for our brain. Oh, absolutely. You know, the whole brain fog epidemic we have in America, like Mm -hmm. people are not eating enough healthy fats. And I, I know a lot of my clients look at me like I'm crazy when I'm like, you need to eat more fat. But we need to make sure that we are limiting the processed carbs right, because right, we don't right. want to just bring in a bunch of butter yeah. on top of your bagel and cinnamon <laughs> roll, right? Because yeah. that's the danger of people hearing, oh, this is great news. Butter is back. But it means you've got to have that teeter-totter, right? If you're bringing up healthy fats, you need to really bring carbs you know, down to a sane level. It's not yeah. never or well, eliminate I, them. Yeah, I would say that's a that's a good guideline for most people. And then there's going to be those outliers that that doesn't apply to, like the people well, sure, who are refeeding and that sort of thing. Sure. But, um, but yeah, or like people like me who I have to have carbs in the morning because of my workout. Sure. Unless I feel like sure. blah. Yeah. But I, again, this is an N equals one where, you know, you're really exactly. tuning into yourself and seeing how you feel. Yes. That's and a great point. Yeah. And, Cause it's gonna, I mean, I think what you're saying is so true for most people. And then if it isn't for you, you've got to, you've got to tweak It's a starting it. point. Yeah. It's a really good starting point. You know, the food plate that we recommend, the precision nutrition food plate that kind of shows this visual of this plate filled with protein and vegetables and healthy fats and maybe some nuts and seeds and whole fruit, you know, that is a great starting point. Yes. And then you have to tweak and adjust to figure out what works best for your body and yes. your life. And it may not be different from what, or may not be the same from one day to the next, yeah. depending, maybe you're more active a few days a week and yeah. you need more carbs and maybe, you know, a little less fat or whatever. But, but yeah, just kind of paying attention to this piece. Um, I think again, when we have cravings, we tend to make this a character issue. We feel like we don't have willpower, that there's something wrong with us, that we are weak, Mm -hmm. you know, that we can't adhere to anything. And it's really important to get objective and look at this and kind of ask some questions. So the other, the other two here that have a huge impact on cravings are lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. Again, our brain is going, our blood sugar is going to be less tightly regulated if we didn't get enough sleep. And so you're going to really be craving a lot more carbs. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be important to, I I would argue if you had a really rough night of sleep, you're probably going to need more calories Mm -hmm. the next day. Your brain's just going to need more energy, but you have to be even a little more strategic about not giving, you know, not kind of capitulating to that sugar craving just because your blood sugar will be all over the place. You know, I was telling Jenny that, you know, yesterday I had a really rough night of sleep and I ate two bananas yesterday, which I don't normally eat real sugary fruit, but I ate them after a meal, Mm -hmm. you know, but I did, you know, bring in some extra, you know, sweet. So, yeah. Um, The other one we were kind of, you know, laughing about earlier because Hormones are definitely going to impact your cravings. Yeah. It's natural that, you know, during that time of the month, you are, well, whether it's that time of the month or just other things are going on with your hormones, mm-hmm. to take that into consideration yeah. if you are struggling with cravings. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, speaking from my own experience, I definitely tend to have more strong emotions mm-hmm. around, um, you know, that time of month for myself. And so, I have to be strategic in knowing that about mm-hmm. myself and then kind of reacting accordingly or really responding more so than reacting because I think in the past it would have been um, more of a reaction. And I know that for some people, when they're in that place where they're having tough emotions, it's easy to just kind of grab sugar mm-hmm. or you know these carbs or just foods that comfort them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Which, you know, and a little bit of moderation is fine every yeah. now and then. But, you know, obviously if this is becoming an issue for you and you're like, why am I eating a bunch of this all the time and it's mm-hmm. sabotaging my health? Yeah. Then, you know, yeah, for that's sure. something to consider. And, and one thing that I... I mean, this is such a consistent thing that I've seen with clients that are premenopausal that by kind of getting into this real food template and getting your blood sugar managed, a lot of the PMS symptoms tend to really dissipate. That's a good point. You know, so you may not have as many cravings or mood imbalances, Mm -hmm. you know, once you kind of get into this. That being said, I still do have some higher carb cravings around my cycle. But like you said, I know that about myself. So I'm not caught unawares and like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Because I think that's that's the part that's disconcerting. Right. It's is like when the, we're like, what is happening? What's wrong me? with me? Why is this happening? It's like, oh yeah, I track my cycle. I kind of know this is coming. So I will adjust that teeter-totter a little bit. In those few days, I will bring my healthy carbs up, a little more potato, sweet potato, maybe some rice, and maybe bring my healthy fats down just a little bit because my fats normally are pretty high. Mm-hmm. You know, still not low fat, but, you know, just kind of adjust that a little bit, not aggressively, but that seems to be enough for me. Mm-hmm. But it's just so nice when you can just be peaceful about it and say, oh, yeah, this is happening. Not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And not a just- thing. Yeah. And to kind of, yeah, be aware of what's going on and, you know, adding in maybe some of those things that we talked about earlier in our show as Mm -hmm. well, like in knowing, okay, I'm going to need a bit more self-soothing, self-care right now. So good. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so these kind of biological triggers for cravings, again, this isn't all of it, but oh my goodness, it just, again, it's just giving yourself a gift. Yes. By being aware of some of this and just setting yourself up to feel peaceful. Yes. You know, this isn't, you know, trying to get you to eat less or lose weight or any of that. It's just about, gosh, I don't want to feel controlled by my cravings. Right. That's, that, I don't like that. I, I did, you know, I just. And honoring your cravings. Cause I feel like that's healthy too. And in the sense, like the cravings of like, you know, typically our brain may be reaching for like sugar or carbs, but like we really need micronutrients yeah. that we're not giving ourselves. Right. And so in that way, it's like, how about we honor those things that we need in our lives so that mm-hmm. we're not yeah. constantly reaching you for know the sugar. You know what's very interesting? This is just kind of a nerdy side note, but our brain does not actually crave micronutrients. And the reason for that is throughout the course of human history, food that had macronutrients, protein, fat, carbohydrates, just inherently came with micronutrients. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to crave those specially, right? Mm -hmm. Our bodies were not designed for this modern food environment where all of this cheap nutrient deplete Mm -hmm. food, you know, doesn't have anything to offer, you know, is everywhere. So you can now get tons of calories with almost no micronutrients, you know, vitamins and minerals and that kind of thing. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah. No, no, that is. I mean, yeah, I think that's a good point. Cause when I said cravings, I was like, you know, maybe people are going to be like, eh, what does she mean exactly by that? Um, in the sense that it's like honoring your, what your body really needs, Oh yeah. you know, versus totally. just thinking that, you know, if I, because what I, I find myself, well, I will say I do crave vegetables from time to time, but yeah, I don't think it's a natural, um, I don't think most people can necessarily relate to that. You don't ever crave them? I mean, I, it's like exercise. You know, we were talking about this the other day. (laughs) We were talking about, you know, do you have to love exercise? Do you have to love vegetables to kind of bring these in consistently? My brain probably thinks by this point that I really love vegetables where, I mean, yeah, if I, if I have roasted, um, Brussels sprouts or asparagus with like bacon, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not the vegetables my brain's after. Let's be clear about, you know, <laughs> I make the healthy fats I Yes, that I, I make my vegetables <laughs> taste really good. So, yeah, I do yeah. crave them then. But, you know, my brain does now associate being full and satisfied and happy with eating vegetables. So, it's like my brain almost thinks it likes vegetables probably. Yeah. I just love I, I love what they do for me. Yeah. Same with exercise. You know, I was at the gym this morning and I was thinking 
Yeah, all things being equal, if exercise did not confer the benefits that it does for me, I would not be here. (laughs) I could think of about, you know, off the top of my head, about 50 other things that I would be doing with this time. Mm. But I've done it enough times that my brain sort of thinks it likes it because it likes, you know, the benefits. Yeah. So... Yeah. And I think, I mean, again, I I know everybody's going to be a little bit like different in how they perceive that, but I love that you put that real perspective in there because yeah, sometimes I can be like, I love vegetables and people look at me and they're like, um, you are yeah, And (laughs) and you don't have to feel like, I mean, let go of that, of feeling like you have to like all this stuff, but gosh, it is a gift to yourself, you know, and, and experiment. That's, that's all it is, is, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, just so you know, I don't like vegetables. And I'm like, that's probably because you've been on a low fat diet for 20 years yep. and your vegetables don't taste good. So let's play with that. Yeah. And you know, we're not, I'm, I'm not asking anybody to eat stuff they don't like. Right. That's for sure. Well, and it's like, I think a lot of people too are as, um, they're not as exposed to all the different types of veggies either, I typically. I mean, I wasn't either. And so it's like, you know, if vegetables mean like peas to you and peas were not like my, my thing mm-hmm. growing up and a lot of people I know, um, yeah, of course you're going to have that like disgust reaction totally. if it's just a few different yeah. foods and, But it's, you know. it's also understanding that it's not hard to make them taste good. I mean, it's not like you have to be a gourmet cook. I'm Trust me. Not. Yeah. We, <laughs> neither of us are super into cooking and you know, it just roast, I mean, roasting vegetables with some healthy fat, some salt, maybe some herbs, maybe some balsamic vinegar if you want to get fancy, fancy pants. Mm-hmm. But seriously, 25 minutes in the oven at 350, I mean, pretty much any vegetable will taste good. So, yeah. so true. So, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the emotional and lifestyle triggers of cravings. Because yeah. I think That's the big. physiological piece is definitely part of our foundation. But if we address that and then we're not talking about the emotional and lifestyle mm-hmm. pieces, then we're totally missing it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, the first thing on this list might sound kind of like, duh, but stress. Stress is a huge trigger for cravings. Um and uh, I mean, it's a biological and an emotional trigger, but mm-hmm. you know, I, in the work that I do, I work with people on building up their ability to handle stress and have a higher stress tolerance. Resilience, yeah. Re- resilience, mm-hmm. yeah. And it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. If you have a ton of stress in your life, any person is going to act out in the ways that they act out. Mm-hmm. And so if acting out for you means I'm going to reach for the chips or I'm going to, you know, emotionally comfort myself with food and you have all this stress in your life, like that is like a no brainer that that's where you're going to go. Yeah. You're redlined. Yeah. Flooded. You can't make a good decision yeah. in that place. And even for myself, I mean, I would say my, tr- my stress tolerance is a lot higher than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if I have enough stress in my life, I will definitely act out in different ways, mm-hmm. right? It may not be food for me anymore, but it may be, I don't know, like me definitely not being my best self, you know, mm-hmm. I'll probably get cranky and say not nice things or whatever, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it's going to look different she for every person. She gets mean, you guys. I just do. for the record. It's, yeah. It's every scary. now and then. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm trying to think of the ways that I act out that I'm like, you know, I definitely want to share with every person in the universe. Um, Well, I know for me, like, you know, anxiety has been with me for many, many years and, you know, my chest gets really tight. I just, it, you know, it is, it's like my, you know, thinking brain just kind of goes offline and I can't really think myself out of the situation. Sometimes I'm just totally, you know, my stress bucket is completely spilled over Mm -hmm. and, Fortunately, I think part of, you know, the self-awareness that you were talking about with the biological triggers of cravings, you know, we talk about self-awareness all the time. And one of the beautiful things about getting to know ourselves is we can recognize when stress is starting so much sooner. Yeah. You know, I used to get to redline and not even have recognized that my chest was getting tight. I wasn't breathing very deeply. And Mm -hmm. now I recognize it a lot sooner. Yes. And then you can say, okay, <sighs> I need a break. I need to right? go do some And so, <laughs> you know, one of the things you and I were talking yeah. about is 
this is not the moment to come up with your laundry list of self-soothing activities, right? right? You need to have done this work like long before, like you need a checklist. Exactly. What are some in the moment self-soothing activities that are non-food related that don't require any equipment Mm -hmm. or you don't need a craft room or a bubble bath? Right. You know, so, you know, you should share some of yours. Uh, You know, for me, yeah, going outside is huge for Mm me. Going outside, looking up at the sky gives me some perspective, taking Mm -hmm. some deep breaths, just literally changing my environment. Yeah. You know, looking at something else allows me to just, you know, my nervous system to kind of calm down a little bit. But other little things that, as silly as it sounds, you know, sometimes I will get on Pinterest, you know, just kind of breathe. And maybe I'm looking at a, you know, decorating board or Mm -hmm. something like just frivolous, something frivolous that just takes my mind off of it. It's not shopping. It's not anything like that. But it's like, okay, I just need five minutes to just zone out on something, you know, that I don't have to think. Yes. And just get kind of calm your nervous system down and get yep. back into your body yep. and yep. all of that. Yeah. I just think we need some of these strategies that we can take with us on the go. Yeah, you no, know, that's so true. Box breathing is huge. You know, the five, five seconds in, five second hold at the top, five second exhale, five second hold at the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's another one that really, you know, lowers cortisol, kind of gets our parasympathetic nervous system reactivated because when we're in, we are in sympathetic dominance, that's when we're flooded. Yes. You know? No, and I think I think there's such a good point in doing it while you're on the go and like figuring out what you can do in the moment. I think for me my go-to is is getting in touch with my breathing, yes. which I know sounds woo-woo no, and it originally doesn't. did for me, but even just simply focusing on my belly. And like what it's doing and how it's breathing and just kind of trying to, you know, pay attention to it and slow it down a little bit is helpful. Um, I mean, the other thing for me, I know when I'm on the go, I'm often like going in my car to the next place. Like I really try to get as much Zen in my car rides as I can. Mm -hmm. And so if you're like a road rage person, like I, you know, I used to be that way where I feel like I was very stressed out in my drives. And now I'm like, all right, I'm going to turn on some music and Mm -hmm. really just enjoy this and try to create as much margin as I can in my day or simply be okay with being late. I mean, I'm not advocating that you do this all the time but when you are late like just letting that shit go like like what's the worst that can happen yeah right because usually it's not the end of the world right I mean if it's a pattern for you maybe address that in some way but you know the few times that I am late I'm like I'm just gonna let that go and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna still enjoy yeah I mean you know there we can and should do a whole podcast on stress reduction techniques, but it's just important to know that stress is a potent trigger for cravings. I mean, how many times am I working on my computer and all of a sudden my brain just says sugar, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, whoa, what's that? You know, and that's the moment where you kind of go, okay, I need a break. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'll reassess here in a few minutes. Like, You know, that's when you can ask yourself the questions. Am I hungry? Does real food sound good? Is this a logical time for me to actually be hungry or does my brain just want some soothing right right now, right? So, you know, just not going from trigger to response Mm -hmm. immediately. I think that's, you know, what so many of us do. And I know I used to always do as well. It's like, okay, I had a sugar craving. I'm going to go to the candy bowl. I'm going to go to the vending machine. You know, we just think, okay, that's the only solution. And it's just kind of thinking outside the box for a second. It's like, okay, what do I actually need right now? Yep. So. The other thing um, we were talking about earlier, and you actually brought this up, was being able to, like, really understand what emotion we're feeling. So I don't think it's just stress for people, but sometimes it's those hard emotions that, for us, we struggle to feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for instance, I have a client, and, you know, we determine that, For her, she starts to go into cravings mode when she's feeling lonely Mm -hmm. or feeling empty or bored. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever reasons, you know, she has to be able to identify those emotions and kind of name it to tame it so Mm -hmm. that she recognizes, oh, there's boredom again. Um, That's so powerful. Yeah. I'm, 
tempted to go and act on this craving or act out Mm -hmm. in some way, how can I just kind of pause and at least name this and just Mm -hmm. be in it Mm -hmm. for a minute um, before I go to the... Even if you can't do anything about that that loneliness or, you know, that emotion in the moment, you know, as you said... There is so much power that comes from just identifying what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. For me, it's procrastination Mm -hmm. or frustration. Like if I'm, say I'm writing an article and I'm at a sticking point, that's often when a craving will just kind of, you know, spark in my brain. Mm. And it's like, okay, I just need to take a break (laughs) and get recentered, you know, but it is, it's like my brain is just looking for some goodie, some dopamine hit. It wants to feel good in the moment. My brain is stressed. You know, my brain is uncomfortable mm-hmm. and my brain just wants to feel better. Yep. You know, and that's where we have to be the wise adult mm-hmm. for ourselves and just understand, okay, our, you know, that biological part of our brain doesn't necessarily know what it needs. Yes. You know, that we have to step in and, and again, it's not, that doesn't mean that you can't have a thing, but we want to stay in alignment with ourselves and in integrity. And if at a few points during our day, we feel like we got hijacked Mm -hmm. by our cravings, we don't, we, that's frustrating and disappointing, Mm -hmm. right? It has very little to do with the food itself. It's about our sense of efficacy. Like we're driving the bus. I think that's the biggest piece that matters Mm -hmm. is I want to feel like I, I'm the decider of my food intake. Yeah. I don't want my biochemistry or my nervous system pinging around, you know, and yeah. it's like having a four-year-old driving the bus, you know? Well, it kind of, it kind of is, right? It is. In a sense, if we're, because yes. usually, again, those cravings are coming, I'm like, you know, pointing at the back of my head, but like it's coming from more of those um, lower parts of our brain. Yep. Um, and those parts are super important. I don't want to discredit them, but the, the problem is when we only act from one part of our brain and Mm -hmm. we don't integrate it with all the other parts. Mm -hmm. And so when we're naming our emotions, we're activating the front part of our brain, which is our prefrontal cortex and not to get too much in the brain science, but basically we're just getting that part of our brain back online so that it can connect with those lower parts and then make a decision versus, Mm -hmm. you know, just acting out of one area of our brain. Yep. For sure. And, and speaking of the brain science, this kind of goes back to the biochemistry of getting enough protein. So protein is broken down into amino acids when we digest them. And amino acids are the building blocks of our brain chemistry, our neurotransmitters, serotonin and dopamine and GABA, which is our calm down mm-hmm. neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. And if we're not getting enough amino acids in our diet, then our neurochemistry our mood, our cravings, all of these things are going to be wonky. That's a technical term. So look it up. (laughs) That's I don't mean to be intimidating, (laughs) but you know. I love that. No, that's really important. And sometimes I like to be able to, hopefully we're breaking down this brain stuff in a way that is like, you know, palatable for you guys and understandable because I know that pretty educated audience. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I just think there's so much power in understanding what's going on. Yes. Even if you still get a craving, if you can say, oh, like yesterday when I had cravings, you know, after, you know, a bad night's sleep, it's just so comforting to me to go, oh, I know what's happening. Mm. You know, I have to address this on its merits, but it's not like something you know, off about my personality. Yes. And I think that's such you know? an important point. And it, re- it actually reminds me of this metaphor a colleague of mine used where they're like, you know, when your foot falls asleep, mm-hmm. um, if we didn't know what was going on, think about how scary that would oh, that's be. Interesting. Right? Like that would be so like, that would freak me out if mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, why is my foot feeling like pins and needles or whatever that sensation is for you. Mm-hmm. But when we know what it means, when we're like, Oh, my foot just fell asleep. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, if I move it around, if I just do this, like sure. it's going to get that blood flow back. Oh, that's really um, good. We just, we calm down a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, like imagine how, how, scary it would be if we didn't have a name for it. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm going to use another foot <laughs> analogy here. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that train going for a second. Yeah. When we are numbing or suppressing our emotions, 
with food, we're distracting ourselves from feeling the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to feel it. It, it. It's sort of like getting a thorn in your foot. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking the time to take off our shoe and assess what's going on and, you know, kind of do a little bit of work to get that thing out, we take ibuprofen mm-hmm. and Tylenol, maybe spray on some numbing spray, mm, that's you know, and limp yeah. along and limp along. It's like, I don't want it. It's like taking a sliver out. Like I'd rather just, you know, put some numbing Neosporin on top of that. Not that I had ever done that. <laughs> Never. Right. But, <laughs> but we, you know, it is, it, it's the harder thing in the moment to feel our feelings, to say, you know what? I'm angry. Mm. And, you know, it's a lot easier to just go get some brownies yeah, or go through a drive-thru and go into that place of, screw it, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. You know, it instead of stopping and saying, you know what, I am mad and, you know, I don't know if there's anything I can do about this right in the moment, but I'm going to stay with myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give myself something that I really need to that's soothing and calming and, you know, just nourishing, not necessarily with food, but I'm going to love myself through this emotion. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's been such a weird and powerful journey for myself Yeah. because I know I've been a number. Yeah. Most of my life, like my feelings, oh my gosh, I had like deflector shields, like, (laughs) nope, not feeling that one. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't make it any better. And gosh, I just feel like we... Things dissipate so much faster when we just address things in the moment and then we don't make a huge thing out of it. Yeah. When we're not running from our emotions. Right. But I see. You give them more power. Yeah. You know, when you're scared of your anger, Mm -hmm. then it just builds it up into this big thing versus, you know, addressing it. So all of this is everything that we talk about. All of this is a practice, but it, what it all comes down to is being willing to slow down mm-hmm. to just, okay, take a deep breath. What's going on with me? And that is just honoring ourselves, you know, but it is, it's a practice. The easier thing is to just, you know, trigger response, mm-hmm. trigger, go numb it, go distract, right? whatever. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of our default. So it, it's just a practice. And all I know is that people don't feel peaceful when they're having cravings. And this is a way to kind of feel empowered, feel calm and get back into that healthy relationship with ourselves, with food, with our body, feel like, you know, we, you know, everything's in alignment a little bit more. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, and I think the other, another piece to this is really, being able to go to that, we, we talked a lot about self-soothing mm-hmm. instead of, you know, self-loathing and self, self-hatred when we are feeling hard emotions. Because mm-hmm. I think people tend to feel like, you know, again, going back to that theme, that there's something wrong with them mm-hmm. when they're feeling lonely or mad oh, or, ang- you know, all of those sure. emotions, right? And so if we can just stay with ourselves mm-hmm. and just have some grace with ourselves some versus compassion. being so hard on ourselves for having these tough feelings. I think you hit the nail on the head, Jenny, because I honestly, I think loneliness is probably one of the, you know, you, when we were talking about the topic for today, you mentioned lack of connection as kind of the, one of the chief triggers. And I couldn't agree more. I think we are so disconnected right now as a society Mm -hmm. and, you know, Again, we kind of talk about our little shame caves. And so we're feeling lonely and disconnected. And then maybe we're soothing with food, which makes us feel uniquely broken and more ashamed. <laughs> yeah. Even though and, a lot of people are doing it. <laughs> and then isolate even more. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah. so it's this kind of feed forward loop. And that's, I think, one of the big, you know, reasons that we're having this podcast is because we want to break free of that and talk out loud about the fact that we all are experiencing these things. Like there's none of this that is unique to you, to me, to her, to him, you know, at some level. I mean, we are all messy humans. 
Yep. All of us. As and much as we want to avoid that. <laughs> right. And and we need to embrace it. I mean, yes. we really do. We need to embrace it. And that will allow us, when we can embrace ourselves, then we can hold space for other people to be their messy selves. Mm-hmm. And then we can connect at a real level without our, you know, highlight reel, you know, or avatar of ourself being out front, which then we're trying to maintain. You know, I mean... There's, there's nothing more lonely than not being yourself around people. Exactly. Because then even if they do like you, then you don't know if they like you for you. Exactly. Right. And then you've got to keep up this, you know, facade again, that's something that I did for so many years and I wouldn't let people get really close to me because like if they knew the real me, they would think I was a total weirdo and yeah. So, but it's a practice and it's one of those things that you don't shift overnight. So can everybody hear uh, Daisy scratching her ears? <laughs> you probably can't, but it's yeah, a little distracting for yeah. us. We have a and we have shaking. a dog friend. Yes, here here yeah, with she's us. She's our co-pilot, <laughs> our mascot. We should have, we should have introduced her. Yeah, hi, Daisy. <laughs> okay, but no, I I definitely think some of the things you you're saying are so powerful. Like how much we all could use a little bit more connection. And I know that may seem like this isn't relevant to our topic, but it absolutely is. It's one of those like. It's one of those things that doesn't seem like it's a solution to a problem, but it, it actually helps us, you know, it helps the thing that we're struggling with that even created the problem in the first place. And well, I mean, you've heard the quote, the cure for addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're, yeah. when we are eating these hyperpalatable foods, we're oftentimes, again, we're trying to get that, those feel good brain chemicals fired up. Yes. Right? We're trying to kind of fill that void for ourselves. And how many times have, you know, you been engaged with, you know, a person or a group of people and you're lit up, you're excited, you're playing, you're finding joy. You are not thinking about Tito's. So true. That's so true. It's like those meals where like, you know, and I'm not saying that like you wouldn't be eating food, but like sure. there's some meals where I am just enjoying the conversation so much or mm-hmm. like I'll have like, you know, a glass of wine and a beautiful meal out in front of me and I will have barely touched it because I'm just so engaged mm-hmm. in the conversation and the yeah. people that it's like, yeah, I'm just there. You're just connecting. You're mm-hmm. just, it's just so filling. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, there, there is some deeper work. In order to address cravings in your life, you do have to look at what's going on in your life. Yes. Are you, and you know, with my clients every week, we look out at the week ahead and we strategize, you know, I call it like, you know, filling your mojo bucket. Mm-hmm. Do you have at least three things scheduled in your calendar that you're excited about mm-hmm. that aren't for other people? You know, it's not like a, you know, some... Thing you're crossing off your to-do list, but going to a movie, having coffee with a friend, you know, taking a class, you know, whatever, but stuff that kind of reminds you, you know, you've heard that quote, we're not just here to pay bills and die. Right. That That's where cravings come from. Right. You know, if I'm in that place where the week ahead looks like soul sucking and just drudgery, you better bet that ice cream is going to really assume a higher place in my life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, my brain wants the goodie. Mm-hmm. My brain wants to feel great. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but it's not gonna happen by accident. Yeah. You're not like, oh, okay, I need to bring in some joy and connection. Yeah, you're not going to if it's not in your calendar. Yep. You know, we have to make it happen. I mean, you and I know that. Like, yeah. you know, getting together, I mean, it's just, those are the first things that drop off our endless to-do list is true. the fun stuff. It's true. You know, and it's not frivolous. Like we've talked about before, this is an investment. It is. You know, because this is going to make you more likely to sleep well, to be more productive, to have better energy, to be more calm. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've definitely done the whole burnout thing so many times in my life where Mm -hmm. I haven't prioritized relationships and having fun in my life that I fully personally know that I have to have fun in my life. I have to have margin. I have Mm -hmm. to have self-care. And that's the best way that I can be a human for myself and for others. And, And what 
everybody needs to know, and this is something I have to remind myself of all the time, is no one's, you don't need and no one's going to give you permission to do this. No one's going to come in and say, I give you permission to take a bubble bath tonight. Hmm. For one thing, you don't need permission, but you know, humans being humans, your children, your spouse, heck yeah, they're going to just be fine if you want to use all of your spare time to clean the garage and do laundry and, you know, cook and all the things, right? such a good point. You have to make this happen for yourself. And oh my gosh, I know that is a big step because we get into this kind of that martyr thing that I talked about, like I am so needed that if I take an hour for myself that, you know, the house will fall down around our ears, Mm -hmm. you know, and the reality is we're not quite that (laughs) important. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's such, that's such a good point that we can get caught into thinking that we are that important. And, you know, if you don't give yourself the permission, yeah, Life will give you permission through pain and through yeah. burnout and through And I think that's struggle. what depression is a yeah, lot of times is your is. brain kind of says, hey, I was giving you the warning flags yeah. that you needed to slow down and get some margin. Well, now I'm here and you're slowing down. <laughs> I'm pulling the brakes for you. Seriously. Whether you want to have like, that Like I think that that's just a really overt message. And again, Kind of the more that you practice this, you start seeing those signs creeping up a lot sooner and like, oh, I'm headed towards burnout or I'm, I'm starting to feel triggered by everything. I'm starting to get irritated at nothing, you know, or, you know, like road rage or whatever. And that's where you have to be the adult and say, I'm not doing anyone any good by redlining all the time. Like, I'm not making anyone's life better, including my own. Yeah. You know, and everyone around you will be so much happier if you take some time to say, you know what, you guys can do the dinner dishes. I'm going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. You know, it's not an aggressive thing. Nobody is going to, you know, give you a ticket. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, I know in my mind, like, I, I have to literally play it out as silly as that sounds to mm-hmm. say, okay, is this, uh, I have to kind of go through it. And it's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) it's so ridiculous. I mean, it is, but I know I'm not alone. Oh, you're definitely not. So not. Yeah. But I just think that's funny. No one's going to give you a ticket. It's so true. Yeah. It's like, where were you? Why, you know, (laughs) why haven't you done your chores? It's like, um, you know, seriously, it's just, it is, it's a funny thing. And, and we ha- kind of have to go back to understanding that life is short and, you know, we need to live it and not say at some kind of m- magical, mythical point in the future, I'm going to relax and enjoy my life. Well, when those moments come, like on vacation, you're not even going to know how to relax. That's exactly what's happening with one of my clients right now. And it is like, you know, I'm trying to sit there in the moment with them with this kind of heartbreak of, you know, now that I'm finally giving myself permission to take time off Mm -hmm. and to have a vacation, I can't enjoy it. Yeah. And so, I mean, what you're saying is so important that it's not the, when I reach this, I'll feel, it's the feel it now. Mm -hmm. It's to figure out ways to incorporate these things into your life. Mm-hmm. right now. And what's amazing is this secret sauce of start living now. What's interesting is the desire for, you know, these hyper palatable foods or cravings tend to take care of themselves. And it's just interesting. Like a lot of kind of overeating issues or again, eating when we're not hungry kind of tends to just normalize, mm-hmm. you know, I can't tell you how many clients I've had that through these strategies of eating more, loving themselves more, you know, paying attention to their actual needs. Oh my gosh, I'm losing weight. Yeah. It's like a side effect. You know, I think our fear is that if we release our iron grip of control, that, you know, we'll just fall into a bucket of caramel popcorn never to be seen again. Yeah. You know, we just don't, it's about trusting ourselves, you know, but you just have to start slowly. I mean, you know, you can't do all of these things at once. And, but I, you know, first couple of things I would say personally, I'd be curious what you think Mm -hmm. for me, I would say 
maybe the two places to start here are breakfast. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're starting your day off, you know, with a good balanced breakfast, protein, fiber, healthy fats. So that's a good one because you're starting your day off, you know, to set your blood sugar up for, you know, being level. And then the second one is scheduling in joy and connection Mm -hmm. or fun or play or whatever it is, or, you know, solitude, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to, it could be connection with yourself. So true. You know, but getting that in your calendar. Mm. I mean, if you don't, it's not going to happen or, you know. It's unlikely. And it's just so validating to look in there and see that and to be reassured. And I don't know. I think those are, you know, and then just slowing down. Slowing down. Yeah. I think that's huge. And I think trying, you know, when we are, you know, scheduling those times for connection, mm-hmm. really trying to be in the moment with those people. So true. You know what I mean? Without our predictions of how it will go or like how we will mm, that's be. That's good. Because I think, you know, if we're if we're struggling with connection, we can often predict that things are going to suck or it might go a certain way or someone's going to judge you or you're spending the whole time judging them, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, just trying to get yourself to really slow down and be in the moment with Mm -hmm. them or be on your phone or be on your phone. Yeah. Distract yourself from distraction. Um, (laughs) but no, that's that's really, yeah. Just really be just trying to like, it's called like the beginner's mind, which sounds weird, but just trying to like approach the situation. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let like me no just, preconceived like, notions. Yes. Let I me like just that. be there. I like that. You know? Yeah. Be here now. That's like one of my mantras. Just be here now. You know, if all of my energy is in predicting, like you say, the outcome or predicting future stress or feeling guilt and shame about something I didn't get done. Yeah. That just completely drained your energy to be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It so, totally does. Yeah. So, you know, I, this is a lot to cover, but I think it's, I just think it is so important to understand that there are real triggers yes. of cravings and they're absolutely resolvable, but none of them mean anything about you as a person. Yes. None of, zero 100%. of these. Yeah. Right. I mean, anything about you being broken or something being wrong with you or you not having enough willpower mm-hmm. or being weak. I'm just talking about the narratives totally. that I've heard over and over again. And um, no, none of this has anything to do with your character. Mm-hmm. Even if you, you know, have the thing. Yeah. It still doesn't mean anything. Nope. You know, I had a note from a client who she was really trying to sit in the soup of her feelings and she did for a while and she kind of assessed what was going on and then she went and had some of the things she was craving. Mm -hmm. But you know what? She made a huge first step and it was so brave of her to acknowledge that. And so I guess that's also important to say that, okay, just because you, whatever, had the thing you're still starting this process, right? None of this is linear, right? Right. This is just being willing to look at this is a tremendous act of bravery in and of itself. Yes, it is. It takes a lot of courage. It yeah. takes a lot of courage to be in the things that we are afraid of. Oh my goodness. And to just, you know, to get real and honest about them and feel those really uncomfortable feelings. We all like uniquely have our own blend of what's uncomfortable for us as humans. Um, You know, some emotions are going to be more comfortable than others, but when we're able to stand in our stuff, Mm -hmm. I mean, you were, yeah, it's just so, I'm always like, honestly, um, inspired by my clients Mm -hmm. because they're doing that work. And I'm like, yeah, that's inspiring me to do it. And you know, other areas of my life. Cause I, this is, will always be a journey. Well, it is. And, and it was so funny last night when I got off a call with a client and we were talking about all of these issues, she's having a particularly stressful week and she's had more cravings. And so, you know, I was talking about doubling down on, you know, some soothing strategies, self-care, you know, having some margin in this next week. And it was funny because I got off the call and I realized I was really stressed because again, I hadn't slept well the night before. And I was like, yeah, you need to walk the walk, you know, (laughs) but it's, yeah. I mean, Jenny and I will never argue that we have all of this stuff dialed in or figured out. 
you know, we're in the process and we've got a lot of tools, but it's remembering to use them, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. feeling worthy of using them. It's yeah. just all of this is a practice for all of us. And it's a conversation that we're all having with ourselves and with each other. And there's nothing to be ashamed about here. This yeah. is the human condition. This is being human. <laughs> That's what we could call this podcast. Being human. Seriously, it <laughs> but like is. Like really being human, like the the real stuff that, yeah, we talk about in our heads and mm-hmm. in coaching and therapy sessions. But, you know, it's funny how much we don't talk about this with our friends and loved yeah. ones. Um, but, yeah, I think what you're saying is our whole point of this podcast that we're doing is that it's okay mm-hmm. to be human and that this is I don't know what, I mean, the alternative is a lot worse. <laughs> Being a robot? Or, yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like, you know, think about it. Yeah. You know, we, we're just kind of trying to figure stuff out as we go along. And, you know, we just have to be willing to stay in it, but also to know that we're worthy of trying to figure this stuff out. Yes. To not just say, I'm not worth taking the time to create these lists or schedule some time for myself. I mean, that's a big part of this is when we're so caught up in proving our worth to other people and doing for them, then, you know, you're not going to feel safe taking this time. And so that's, that's all part of it. So we would love to hear some of your thoughts about this. We've covered a lot of ground today. And if you have some experiences or some tools and strategies that have been helpful for you, gosh, comment on our Facebook page on this episode. We would really love to, you know, open this conversation with you and, you know, find out what you're dealing with and maybe some other issues that are on your plate that you'd like us to chat about. Yeah, absolutely. Please leave us feedback, comments. Um, We'd love to have that conversation with you. So absolutely. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to speaking with you guys on our next podcast. Take care. Have a great week.